Welcome to the Question Community Broadcast. The Question is a new disruptive community that provides a gathering place for those who wonder about our complex selves, our complex world, our complex universe. We are a non-religious and inclusive community that explores the many questions surrounding truth in order to encourage you on the important journey to find your own answers. The Question Community gathers every third Sunday evening at Redbush Tea and Coffee Company in the Kensington neighborhood of Calgary, starting at 7. Information on the community is available at our website, www.thequestion.ca. You can also join the community online at our Facebook page, which is The Question, and on Twitter, at TQCom, with two M's. You're now going to hear some highlights from our community gathering, where the question is asked through original arts and music, as well as thought-provoking presentations. We already talked a little bit about the process of photosynthesis, in which plants convert light energy into chemical energy that can be used to fuel its activities. But what about this idea that when plants are praised and spoken to positively, they thrive and grow. Well, the Mythbusters once conducted an experiment in which they got hold of 60 pea plants and divided them into three greenhouses groups on a rooftop. The first group of plants was exposed to a soundtrack that featured loving praise. The second group was played cruel insults. And then the final group <laughs> was not given a soundtrack at all. I watched a little bit of the show, and the hosts were also shown verbally praising the plants and hurling insults at them. <laughs> they conducted the test over the course of 60 days. And what they found was rather interesting. They discovered that the silent greenhouse performed the poorest of all with lowest biomass and smaller pea pods compared to the other greenhouses. Interestingly, they found no major differences between the greenhouses that were exposed to the two soundtracks. Whether it was loving praise or cruel insults, the soundtrack appeared to have a positive effect on the first two groups of plants exposed to sound. This is somewhat of a narrow study in the sense that they only experimented with one type of plant and only over the course of 60 days. According to the website ProFlowers, the theory that plants can benefit from speech was first published in a book called Nana, Soul Life of Plants by German professor Gustav Fechner in 1848. Fechner was born in 1801 and was also a philosopher, physicist, and experimental psychologist. He's the founder of psychophysics and he inspired many 20th century scientists and philosophers. A little deeper digging revealed that Fechner held an animistic view of the world, which means he saw animals, plants, and other inanimate objects as possessing some kind of spiritual essence. In light of this, his view on plants isn't terribly surprising. Penn State University also covered this idea of plant growth in some depth. They caught up with Rich Marini, head of Penn State's horticulture department. And he said, there's evidence that plants respond to sound. Wind or vibration will induce changes in plant growth. Since sound is essentially vibration, my guess is that vibration is causing response. There's also a 2007 paper from scientists at South Korea's National Institute of Agricultural Biotechnology 
that propose that two genes involved in a plant's response to light are turned on by music played at 70 decibels, which is about the level of a normal conversation, according to Marini. What the Korean researchers found was that there was a different response from the plants depending on the frequency of the sound. The higher the frequency, the more active the response. Marini also backs up the idea that a plant's response to vibration may have been a matter of survival. According to Marini, plants exposed to wind produce a growth retardant hormone called ethylene, which causes the plant to be shorter and to have thicker stems. So plants exposed to wind can better survive very windy conditions. This song started out as kind of a, a study on uh, the egg as a metaphor for the heart. Because I, I was thinking, you know, how fragile the heart is, you know, and how easily an, an egg breaks. But at the same time, how an egg kind of represents like a hatchery or a place where if it were the heart, where the dreams uh, and the visions we have as people kind of reside and get born. And then I started thinking about, you know, the um, imagery of Humpty Dumpty and, and how fragile we are as people. I want to say one more thing, too. About two days ago, I saw a, a really interesting YouTube. Does anyone know what happens to a raw egg when you uh, crack it open um, 300 feet below the ocean? What, what do you think would happen to it? It, it just, you think it just explodes, right? Implodes. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually it doesn't. No, this diver <laughs> took an egg, a raw egg. No, I, I would have thought so too. All the pressure and so on. This diver took a raw egg down in a scuba diving trip, uh, cracked it open, and the egg stayed, uh, the yolk stayed inside the clear white part uh, and just floated in the ocean. Completely, yeah, completely protected. And, and it was really interesting. It wasn't until about, about a minute into the YouTube when the diver took his hands around the egg and just clapped. And then the egg just exploded into 100 million little uh, globules of egg. It just kind of dissipated into nothingness. You know, and it struck me that, you know, our hearts are like that, that uh, our dreams and our identity that, and uh, the essence of who we are that resides in our heart, not talking about the physical heart, but our spiritual heart, is really strong and resilient and protected by something mysterious that we don't know until we do something to artificially manipulate it or others come along and artificially manipulate it and they can destroy it. But left on its own, it is life itself and will survive and will flourish. If any of you want to go and find this, this YouTube, it's really actually, it's really cool. So I wrote the song Heartbreak. The original title was Humpty Dumpty Heart. Named it Heartbreak. Um, that's what this song's about. Thank you. 
Metal, as we know, is a material that is hard, opaque, and shiny. It has good electrical and thermal conductivity, and it can be hammered or pressed into a shape without breaking. Metals are also fusible, meaning they can be fused or melted, and they are also ductile, meaning you can draw them out in a thin wire. Metals are malleable because they consist of layers of atoms. These layers of atoms can slide over one another to take a new form when they are bent or shaped. Metals form giant structures in which electrons in the outer shells of the material are free to move. The metallic bond is the force of attraction between these free electrons and metal ions. The fact that metals are good conductors of electricity and heat also has to do with the fact that electrons can move freely throughout the metal. 
In order to better understand the interaction between speech and metal atoms, if there is indeed a connection of some kind, we have to return to this idea of vibration. I came across a page called Universal Law Online, and on it I found a lot of interesting thoughts concerning the laws of the world and vibration. They have a video called The Truth of You, and in it they propose that we are vibrational energy beings that create by our thoughts and manifest by our emotions and feelings. They also note that human emotions have the ability to change the shape of DNA and that your DNA has a direct effect on the external world. They say that every thought has a frequency and sends a magnetic signal that interacts with the environment, which impacts the physical property of matter, such as water. Everything is made of energy and has a distinct frequency or vibration. The divine law of vibration states that nothing rests, everything moves, everything vibrates. With today's technology, quantum physicists have shown that matter may appear to be solid, but when you look at it through extremely high-powered microscopes to see its smallest components, moleculars, atoms, neutrons, electrons, photons, and so on, it is space filled with frequency and vibration. You, your table, and your car seem solid, but it is the frequency of the vibration of the energy that makes these things different. Not only does your body, but your thoughts, words, desires, intent, and feelings have distinct vibrations. Your vibrations affect everything around you in your environment, including people, animals, vegetative, and inanimate objects. And they, in turn, affect you and all become part of universal knowledge. The philosophical and scientific basis for this law of vibration can be found in quantum physics and Einstein's theory of relativity. Energy is related to matter and the speed of light. This is Einstein's famous E equals mc squared equation. When two frequencies are brought together, the lower will always rise to meet the higher. This is the principle of resonance. I found another article called Scientific Evidence, Thoughts and Intentions Can Alter the Physical World Around Us. On a site called The Mind Unleashed, admittedly they don't have the best of reputations online, but the reason I wanted to cover it should become fairly clear in a moment. The article suggests that human thoughts and intentions can alter physical reality, such as the molecular structure of water. Does that sound familiar? That's right, they're referring to Dr. Masaru Emoto's studies. They also talk a little bit about the rice experiment, which is something I wasn't familiar with prior to putting together this presentation. Apparently, Dr. Emoto placed portions of cooked rice into two containers. On one container he wrote, thank you, and on the other, you fool. He then instructed school children to say the labels on the jars out loud every day when they passed them by. After 30 days, the rice in the container with positive thoughts had barely changed while the other was moldy and rotten. The experiment itself is very similar to his water crystal experiments in which he found that intentions may be able to influence the structure of water. In a previous presentation on synchronicity, Fred shared a simple intellectual grid in which the question of coincidence might be positioned in our thought process. The spectrum runs from completely crazy at one end to completely proven in the middle to completely possible on the other end. 
coincidence that's somewhere between completely crazy and completely proven. This safe zone is a catch-all for everything we experience that can't be explained. And we've become accustomed to this kind of intellectual safety. And tonight we considered a lot of evidence, research, and conjecture that can't necessarily be explained. It runs the spectrum from completely crazy to completely possible. From a pragmatic standpoint, I think it's worth considering the following. Do we live in a world of cause and effect? And if we were to view our words as a cause, then what is the effect of the words we speak? Is there a difference between the language of somebody that's happy and peaceful in life and someone that's angry, frustrated, depressed, or resentful? If everything is energy, then is there really that much of a difference between human beings, plants, or metal atoms? And ultimately, do our speech patterns have any bearing on the trajectory of our lives? Thank you. This is a song about, um, it's kind of a self-reflective song. People think I'm a bit dark, um, people that know me. But this has to do with um, kind of the struggle we have with living and, and the fact that it's hard to find the real thing, whether it be uh, in relationships or in life in general. And, we spend a lot of time waiting for the real thing, so this is kind of a song about that. It's called Waiting, actually.
Thank you for listening. If you're interested in joining the Question community, we meet every third Sunday evening at Redbush Tea and Coffee Company in the Kensington neighborhood of Calgary starting at 7. You can participate in the online discussion on our Facebook page, which is The Question, or on Twitter at TQCOM. That's at T-Q-C-O-M-M. Our website is www.thequestion.ca. Thanks again for listening, and remember that our answers are only possible because of our questions.